Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast, or Pro Wrestling Show, I should say, as I quickly try and fix my camera, which was just out of shot. I hope everyone's doing well today. I hope you can hear me. I hope you can see me. Had to make a quick uh, some updates to OBS, to Streamlabs, uh, to ensure that everything was doing well. And that is what we have done. What a crazy week it's been in professional wrestling, hey? We, we did a special edition of the podcast yesterday, so make sure you check that out on iTunes or Google or however. It's on YouTube as well, so you can, you can see it there too. Um, I'm not sure anybody expected what we got uh, on Monday night, but we got it. We're going to talk about it. Of course, we are. We're going to get into WWE's new wildcard rule because there is a lot to talk about. Uh, before we do start, I'm going to do some pimping because people say to me, Miller, I never really understand what your stuff's all about. So I thought I'd do it quickly. Simple as all of my personal stuff that you're watching right now is supported by patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. There's a link in the description below. And yeah, you can come on the podcast. You can get a personal message. You can get a personal postcard. You get access to my weekly Q&As and loads of other different things. Uh, and it, or you can just throw a dollar into the mix, and again, all that money comes back out to help this. And I have merchandise because you know it's my—I consider that my pro wrestling merchandise. SimonMiller.BigCartel.com, also a link in the description. But also, if you head over to Defiant Wrestling, uh, Defiant's YouTube channel, you can also see my comeback match, which happened over the weekend. And there's a video up there now. It's only three minutes of all the edited best bits, so you can just enjoy it that way. Uh, I just saw that Wan Hassan Nudin has asked to explain what the wild card rule is. We're going to get into it with Wan. And I promise you. Let's just do it. Let's just transition. SmackDown's done. Raw is over. We're going to go through those two shows as well as anything else that may come out as we're talking. I'll make sure to head out on to the internet to see uh, what the deal is. Obviously, we're back on Tuesdays. Today's as well. Just updating my... Why is that in 480p? Stupid thing. Um, yeah, we've been doing Tuesday the last couple of weeks. It didn't really make, seem to make any kind of difference to numbers. So we're back to Wednesday. Maybe we'll go back to Tuesday. Who knows? But the wildcard rule. Let us discuss it. So in short... Well, the, the, the thing we, we should, I thought I had a contemplating moment then. The thing that we should talk about first, now we should talk about the rules. So basically now, four wrestlers from Raw and four wrestlers from SmackDown can alternate between each brand's, I would guess, each week, but I don't know. This is the thing, when, and we're not going to know, and I don't think WWE knows, because it's clearly something they came up with uh, you know, on the fly for the reasons we're going to talk about in a second, but I'll expl- explain the basics first. So, you know, if you watch the, the television show this week, you would have seen the AJ Styles. Um, I need to, uh, let's do Raw first. So, Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan, uh, Lars Sullivan, and now somebody else who I cannot remember for the life of me. Roman Reigns, of course, decided to jump to Raw. And then on SmackDown, the Uso, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, and The Miz, that's right, were on SmackDown. Oh, it's awful already, isn't it? Was on SmackDown. The, the, it was supposed to be three, or at least Vince McMahon announced it at three at the start of Raw, and then it became four because he was scared by Lars Sullivan. And there's a whole there's a whole debate there about the Usos. Do they count as one or two? But I will count them at wall as one because WWE counted them as one during the Superstar Shakeup. And the way I see it, you can establish and make up whatever rule you want within your own universe, and as long as you stick to it, it's something that I can believe and buy into. Marvel does that all the time. In fact, all comic book movies do that all the time. And talking about comic book movies, another cheap plug. My brand new podcast is out now as well called Why With Simon Miller. Again, search for all your podcasting apps or it's here on YouTube. And that will be going live tomorrow away at the same time, 2 p.m. BST. Make sure you're back here to tune into Why With Simon Miller. We're going to talk about this week. I don't know, but we will come up with something. Now, the thing that nobody seems to be talking about, and again, we touched on this yesterday, but I want to touch it again today in the main episode of the show, whatever you want to call it, is this is... This is... How can I explain it? I don't think that this is WWE's response to the ratings drop, if that makes any sense. Like, I mean, clearly it is. But I think the wildcard rule isn't necessarily something that Vincent Mann himself wanted to instigate. And there are rumors and murmurings out there that that prove this too. I totally believe that it all comes down to the USA Network and the Fox Network. Because... If you, I mean, I know SmackDown's not on Fox yet, but they'll be watching the ratings because they've just invested a billion dollars, so they, they have every right to. But, you know, they, 
they will qu- if, if I was in charge of the USA Network, right? There's a video going off about what could maybe in, I'm now actually about the, the wildcard stuff. So please check that out as well. But if I was in charge of the USA Network and I saw my ratings dip by 25% year on year, and then I heard you were going to take Roman Reigns, who has been pitched as the boy for the last five years, and you were going to move him to SmackDown, I'd be like, why are you doing this? Especially because in October, we're not going to have SmackDown anymore. You better find out a way to get him back. And also, you better find a way to boost these ratings. Same with Fox. There's been this dialogue that maybe Fox and USA don't want to have any crossover between the two because they're now on individual shows, where actually it's the complete opposite. They just want to have the big stars. I don't think they give two hoots what happens on the other show as long as the big WWE draws and the poster boys and girls are on their show. And that's what this is what the fallout is from this. This is what the wild card thing is. It's a way to do it so that if USA or Fox expect somebody on their show or WWE feels the need to put them on Raw Smackdown to give it a boost, they can now do it. Now, as far as I'm concerned, this is just a big, you may as well wave a big flag saying that the brand split is dead because the brand split is 100% dead. There's no two ways about it. This is not a brand split. This is like saying if you play for Arsenal, you just pop over and play for Tottenham for a while because that's the way that Smackdown and Raw have been pitched, hence why they go at it at Survivor Series. You can't do that anymore. If there's any Raw versus Smackdown stuff at any point, I will kick down a wall because there is no how can you have a rivalry when Roman Reigns can be on Raw and Smackdown he doesn't care and we'll get into that that's something I want to talk about as well brands versus individual superstars but yeah, that that that's that's why it's happened and I guess Vince McMahon seems worth in both brands which is fair given that he just sold each for a billion dollars right the TV rights for each so you can't argue in with that sense but the brand split doesn't exist anymore it just doesn't. This is a way to get around Vince McMahon's wishes of not wanting to kill it while also appeasing his rights holders or however you want to describe it and making sure that yeah, whatever names are on the shows are there. But the problem is WWE is still at the core of all of this. You know, the, the, the mantra or the marketing ploy, I'd say for at least 10 years or let's say five, six years to be conservative, has that nothing is bigger than WWE. Like the brand is the biggest thing and we sell WWE on the brand. And that's great. But I think that's now come back to bite them in the ass. We're going to have to start focusing on individual wrestlers again. And that's why the wildcard thing doesn't work because the focus is still raw and the focus is still SmackDown. And that's the problem. That's the issue. No longer can that be the focus. We need to start focusing on Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles and the stories, the narratives. That doesn't even matter what if they're happening on Monday nights, Tuesday nights, Friday nights, Blue Red. It's irrelevant. You just want to watch because you enjoy what they're doing. For example, if you love the fact that Daniel Bryan won the SmackDown Tag Championships alongside Eric Rowan this week, happened 24 hours ago, then in no way... Should you, apart from the fact that it's a SmackDown tag team titles, but let's ignore that for now. In no way do you care where he defends that belt. If WWE are telling you a good story and you want to see how it's going to evolve and change, then you will go out of your way to, to view it. It's as simple as that because a good story is a good story. And we're still focusing on the fact who could... T- and I'm, I'll be completely honest with you. I have no idea what the feedback to SmackDown was. I didn't see much uh, for it because that does happen a lot. Raw seems to create an explosion and SmackDown doesn't. Credit where credit is due. I was quite intrigued when AJ Styles turned up on SmackDown. I know he's only there two weeks ago, but from a point of view of, oh, well, what's he going to do? How is this going to tie into everything else? It probably interested me more than anything else they could have done with the current roster they had. So there is worth in it. But that the novelty and the originality of that will wear off. And that's where you need to knuckle down to the things or, or the, the foundations that have always made wrestling so exciting, which is... What's this wrestler going to do? Who's this wrestler going to feud with? What is it that they've fallen out about? Who's going to go after a world championship? Why does the world championship mean something? We got two world title fights this week. Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. And Kofi Kingston doing it again against um, AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. And actually, I should have said this on ups and downs, which again, 2 p.m. today. Please do check it out. I actually think that's been great for Kofi Kingston because it shows he's a fighting champion. He's being booked like a champion, which is great. But at no point did I ever think he was going to lose the title. At no point did it feel like a really important championship match. And it couldn't have done because it hasn't been built up. And you need the hype factory to allow you to do that. But it is something that should be on their tick box. Make the titles feel important again. Like AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank is for the Universal Championship. I don't care about that. I just care about the fact 
that I'm getting those two having a fight in the WWE ring because I wanted to see that ever since they blossom as independent workers. Quick shout out to Ryan Evermee in the Super Chat. Always do appreciate Super Chats. Again, if you do throw some money in there, I will make sure, of course, to give you a shout out and to read out whatever your question or statement is. Um, Ryan says, Nikki Cross and Eric Young to join the Firefly Funhouse. Well, we may as well. Uh, ever since they made their jump across, they've not done anything. Same with Luke Harper. He's just sitting around. Why not involve them all? Why not make it a bit like Rainbow, which was a UK show back in the day where you had who was it jeffrey zippy and some other it was four of them why not give them three side there's your three sidekicks you can have bray nikki eric and uh and luke that works they all sound like kids <laughs> kids tv presenters anyway so i really do think we need to go back to building stars and i'm sure mcmahon is terrified of doing that after brock lesnar left what 20 years ago now whenever it was and batista did the same and the rock and John Cena, to a lesser extent, I'm sure he thought John Cena was a lifer, but now he's out the door. But there's just no two ways about it. You've got to take that risk. And you've got to be smart with it and make sure you breed, uh, you know, sort of on the cusp stars too. So that if your top, top guys do leave, you'll have a bunch of people ready to pull the trigger on as well. No more 50-50 booking. Uh, no more storylines that vanish from nowhere. No character you know, defamation just because people want to leave, just to get rid of them. If you don't like the revival right now, but you want them to see out the contracts, then shelve them. I don't agree with that. But having them rub fire on their balls or whatever it was, it took down the revival, it took down the Usos, and given what you were trying to achieve, it took down the fans. I think the biggest criticism I've seen from the episode of Raw was that was good for nobody. And we're also living in a time, we're living in a world, I know I'm repeating a lot of the stuff we said yesterday, but I think it stands to reason where if you do want to bury somebody because you haven't liked what they've done the heat doesn't go on them because the fans are all too aware we're too up on the gig <laughs> that's the problem we all know what's going on and in that sense we just think wwe's been morons so you know it hasn't hurt dash and dawson at all if anything the respect for dash and dawson has gone up because they were put in a situation that was difficult and they made the most out of it and you kind of nod your head and you go fair play guys fair play i respect you doing that so I think this is a USA thing. I think it's a Fox thing. I don't think they give two hoots, like I say, about what the other show is doing, as long as it means ratings for them. And why would they? Why would they? If, as long as they can get back to, say, 3 million people. So what? So what? If anything, creating a good storyline on Raw that you can pay off on SmackDown is only going to work both ways. It means people will tune into that and they'll tune into the Raw afterwards. That's the other thing we need. Again, we saw Raw. Let Ignore the wild card for now because there is a bit of intrigue in there. What stories were laid to rest that made you want to tune in next week? SmackDown was a little bit better. You know, Kevin Owens attacking Xavier Woods and laying down the gauntlet against Kofi Kingston. But it's not like a massive... I'm not saying you need cliffhangers all the time, but in a sense, maybe I am. It's rare you watch a soap opera that doesn't leave you going, well, what's going to happen there? But the thing with soap operas too is, is there's multiple trends. There's multiple strands. You don't just have your main event storylines. You have about eight, nine, ten underneath, and you pick your favorite characters, even though they may not be the focus of the show. In terms of story throughout Raw and SmackDown, there's not that many. The Miz and Shane McMahon, while personally I've got bored of it, at least is a story that's been going on for a while. Kofi Kingston, Kevin Owens, like we've said, okay, doing a decent enough job. Seth Rollins and AJ Styles, not massively. Again, I think you could tune out of WWE TV for the next two weeks if you just want to see them wrestle, because nothing's going to change. AJ isn't going to... I wouldn't. I don't suggest they do this, but as an example, AJ isn't going to reveal that he's the secret half-brother of Seth Rollins, is he? And again, that would be terrible. That's like Vince Russo stuff. But you already know that no, there's not going to be any shocks or twists and turns that's going to make you rue the day. Oh, I should have tuned. Why didn't I tune into Raw? Because really, we just want to see them wrestle. So we need to change that as well. You need to pick your guys and girls, and you need to figure out what their stories are going to be now through to SummerSlam, and you need to start telling those narratives. Because then even if you have a bad episode of Raw... There may still be some interest. I, I go back to the well. I've said this in the podcast about eight times in the last month. At one point, the story was simple. Kai and Ty are going to chop off Val Venus's penis. That was it. Do you want to find out if Val Venus still has his penis or not? Amazingly, some people did. I did because I was intrigued. Uh, let's do some super chats. If my mouse will work. Uh, Ryan McVeigh turned SmackDown Live into a three-hour-plus show and end the brand, brand split. It would allow more time to main eventers, rotate mid-card and tag teams randomly on both shows. Now, I agree with you, Ryan. The problem, the other issue we have with the wild card is your favorites are now going to get buried. You're under the radar favorites. So personally, for me, Rusev, uh, along with Nakamura, are now screwed. I don't see how they're going to find any time for them on TV because there's now less time because you've got people moving around. And let's be honest, they're clearly not thought of in that regard. 
I just don't think I can. I mean, I would do. If SmackDown went three hours, of course, I'd watch it. I'm blessed to do what I do. But in terms of a fan, I don't think that I'd be able to handle another hour of TV. That's six hours you're asking of me within the first two days of the week and by the end of the year, the, the start and the, and the end of the week. You throw a pay-per-view in there, that's probably 10 hours. I think 10 hours in a week of wrestling is just too much content. It just is. I understand it from WWE's point of view. Uh, it'll make them a lot of money. But they've got enough money. Right now, money is what it's like when you, any part of your life, right? If you're not sleeping a lot, but work's good, you're enjoying work, but you know you have to focus on your sleep. You don't, don't then double down on work. You figure out how to sort your sleep problem. That's what WWE needs to do. The money is fine. The money is smashing it right now. They're going to make more money next year and the end of this year than they ever have before. So you don't need to worry about finances. Maybe down the line you do, but not, not for five years. So start focusing on the fans. Start focusing on the shows. And start focusing on you know, areas where you, you slipped away. Uh, Vicky Branton. Oh, actually, I've missed people. Sorry, I've missed people. I've missed people. Sorry, sorry. PJ Barnes says, merge the rest of the belts and let champs be wild cards. PJ, it's the best thing. It's the best suggestion. That is what I would have... If someone had come to me for some reason and said, Simon, what do you want to do? I'd have said, let's go back to that. It allows championships to mean more. And we've already talked about how important that is. Uh, you can still move your top guys around without it being a whole thing. And if somebody wants Roman Reigns, you can make him the champ. I know there's other problems with that. So absolutely, that's what they should have done. That's a far better idea. Shout out to PJ Barnes. Smashed it. Simon Moult, just supporting in the chat. Always appreciate that too, Simon. Thank you very much. Uh, Vicky Branton says... Uh, oh, I've just seen the next one. I wouldn't be surprised from what I learned from about Vince that he is ruining Raw with poor humor to punish ABC for not smiling to SmackDown. I've seen that a lot. And I've also seen people tie that into... Maybe he's trying to tank Raw because it means wrestling will be cold and that will screw up uh, AEW's deal. The problem is, I think like a lot of people in his position, his ego is just too big. Because we don't know if that's true or not. All we do know is that Vince McMahon is the person running the ship and at the moment that ship is sinking. Uh, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but I thought it was a nice line, so I wanted to say it. So no, I don't think that's the case. I love the, the conspiracy theory um, and I can see him being mad about it. But I don't think that he would go to those lengths. He wants to be a success, especially with the XFL on the cusp of next year. You know, he just signed those deals, which we'll talk about in a bit as well, because I think they're quite interesting. But I don't think he's that kind of guy. But I like it. Uh, right, here we go. Let's talk about this. Mr. Michael Law 2011. I'm sorry, Simon, but I disagree with ups and downs. Now, this is something that I've had for the last 24 hours. Uh, it has been addressed today in SmackDown's ups and downs, which goes live at 2 p.m. So that's 42 minutes. Please do tune in when we're done here. But I'll address it now as well. I think what some people seem to... And shout out to me. Mr. Michael, he put money in the super chat. I appreciate that. All that goes back into my um, my fund uh, my, my, this, to, to support stuff like this. I can buy new microphones and whatever else that I need. But yes, yesterday Raw had more ups than downs. And while I thought Raw was a terrible show, the thing is, when you go through it segment by segment, there are some things in my world that I will just knock down. For example, the Seth Rollins, Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan promos, where they look right down the lens where I'm doing now, and just spoke to me, were great. For far too long, we've had backstage promos with interviewers asking stupid questions, like we did here in the SmackDown. You know, I thought Kofi Kingston winning a championship match, and then someone sticking a mic in his face, saying, oh, is Kevin Owens in your head? It didn't work. It was awkward. It was cringy. So I'm never going to go give those things a down, even if the show is terrible, because those specific segments weren't a down, in my opinion. You're allowed to disagree with them. However, you can actually have an episode of ups and downs that ends with more ups than downs simply because, and, and it being a bad show overall, simply because the ups, well, they were okay things that you enjoyed, whereas the downs were awful and ruined the feel of the show. Now, I'm an honest and transparent man. I respect the fans. I respect you guys. And uh, me and Phil from What Culture wanted to try and make sure you guys were represented too. So what we're doing starting today is there is now a final up or down that represents the show as a whole. And that doesn't necessarily mean it gets more ups and downs or vice versa. It just means that, again, like I said, you can have lots of okay things on a show that I'm not going to down because I'm a positive guy. Again, I'm never going to crap over the Robert Roode ricochet match. It was a decent match. And at least they tied it into Robert Roode's win a couple of weeks ago. You can disagree, but personally, I won't. And if that means the ups have racked up a bigger score than potentially they should have given the feel of the show, now we have a final ups and downs, like a big ups and downs, a conclusion ups and downs, which ties in to all of that. Um, so hopefully that will, uh, will appease some people. I certainly want everyone to enjoy it. Um, the other thing, of course, is you're never going to agree with me on everything because we're different people and it's opinionated, of course. But 
Yes, I, I, I had that a lot yesterday. Some people went too far with it. It was one of those days when I took the, I took the afternoon off the internet because uh, while I respect and I love the passion, um, and again, YouTube comments rarely get to me. We all have days where they do. And being told to die because I gave a certain amount of ups to, uh, uh, to, to a wrestling show is, is too much for me. And there's only so much of my time I'm going to dedicate to getting back to people. And I want to point out, I know it's the vocal minority and so many people on here are supportive, especially everybody watching me right now. I appreciate it. But hopefully I found that balance. I'm still going to be a positive guy, but also I will now have an avenue to grade the show as a whole. So there's that. Let's move on. Jay Real. I'm so happy the tag belts will finally be changed. They will. Right, let's talk about that because I got excited about this. Daniel Bryan and uh, Eric Rowan won the tag team championships on SmackDown. Had a great match against the Usos. I really, really enjoyed it. And I think giving the belts to them was the best thing to do, especially because I imagine there's plans for Jimmy and Jay over on Raw, but who knows at the moment. The cool thing about it was, though, is that giving those belts to Daniel Bryan, who clearly is considered in good stead in WWE, I hope, I know I'm hoping, but I'm always going to hope, because if not, I may as well not watch the show anymore. I can't stand it because, oh, well, I'm not going to be negative. If Daniel Bryan is still seen in that light, this could potentially mean the tag team division finally gets some foundations built. I mean, there's no foundations. I love the fact that they teased their first feud being against Heavy Machinery. I like Heavy Machinery. They haven't featured enough on TV. And also, that's just a crazy thing I never thought I was going to get. I never thought I was going to get Daniel Bryan and Rowan taken on Heavy Machinery. What a crazy match that is, especially because the program works out so well. You've got the recyclable dudes, the environmental dudes, taking on a couple of like blue-collar worker guys who like to eat meat. Daniel Bryan doesn't like meat. That's not a sustainable product. So I think it's great. I think Daniel Bryan's facial expressions get better every week. He was my favorite thing about television. He really was. When the Usos called him and Rowan SpongeBob and Patrick and he laughed, he broke, he, he, they got him. He, he sniggered. Oh, I loved it. It made me. It was so heartwarming. I love real moments like that. And that ties into what we were saying earlier about promos. I want that real, that one thing, that one bit of emotion that I could tell was legit instantly warmed me up and I loved it. I thought SmackDown was fine this week. Not the best thing in the world and still plenty of things that I would have changed. For example, Lars Sullivan, and I like big guys, but to me, Lars Sullivan has gone off the rails. It's a bit dull what they're doing. Uh, again, we talked about how the, the wild card thing is going to bury guys like Rusev and Nakamura. Not a fan of that. Sami Zayn just being there. Terrible because he was thrown in the bin, which makes no sense. But ultimately, uh, there was a lot of good. Uh, PJ Barnes uh, in Super Chat. Again, thank you, PJ. I had no problems, but the final up is genius. Builds anticipation. Thank you, PJ. Uh, like I say, a bit of a rough day for old Miller yesterday. So support like that means a lot. And hopefully, like your good self, other fans of ups and downs will appreciate that I did take it on board. And Phil, he was a major part of that. And, um, and uh, you know, we're, try we're trying to give back. Because it is. I don't want to go on about it. But the thing that I think frustrated me the most is you can have a show with more ups and downs, but it still be shite. Because there's like 24 different segments on Raw. 24. So again, those promos down the cameras were fine, but they're not going to leave me with an overwhelming impression. But seeing the Usos set the Revival's pants on fire, whatever that was, is... And the wildcard rule is, that's a whole other thing entirely. But thank you. Uh, shout out to Lana Deboos as well. Always supporting the channel. Going to be back on the podcast soon. Looking forward to that. And she says, love the final up or down. Keep up the good work. I appreciate this, guys. See, this is why sometimes, even within a swell of negativity, it's good to take it all, feel it, and throw it back out there and get those positive vibes. So yeah, it starts today. And we have a retroactive final ups and downs uh, for yesterday's Raw as well. So we've done it. So you have one for Raw, one for SmackDown, and we'll continue on this week. And again, hopefully we'll, um, we'll, appease, we'll appease some people. Where should we go next? That feels like a nice uh, segue, even though we were ranting and raving about other stuff. Uh, the Bray Wyatt things I'd like to talk about because a lot of people tweeted me yesterday at SimonMiller316 on Instagram and Twitter. Please do come follow me. I appreciate it. And subscribe if you are here on YouTube right now. I didn't say that. YouTube uh, forces the middle report rules or just search for SimonMiller on YouTube. Subscriptions are the best. Uh, for some reason, the more the subscriber number goes up, the more my happiness goes up. It's very odd. Um, but I, I found yesterday a lot of people were telling me that they're a bit off on the Bray Wyatt stuff, which I found, uh, which I found surprised. I found surprising. Um, I like them. I think they're, they're going in a good direction. I mean, in this week on a kids TV show, we had two puppet, well, one puppet decapitate another, and then everybody go on a lovely picnic to which a bunch of kids that like they wanted to kill themselves. That to me is quite screwed up. And I still think it's early days. I think, unfortunately, Bray Wyatt may have been caught up in this sort of swell of madness that's been happening over the last couple of weeks, especially this week. 
But talking about stuff that I want to tune into, Bray Wyatt is in that list. As soon as I remember, oh, the Bray Wyatt promo is going to come, I want to know what he's going to do. And they never long, they never uh, stay past their welcome. Do you know what I mean? They're always the right length. In fact, they leave me wanting more. And that's good because that's something, you know, all due respect that WWE doesn't get right sometimes. Segments can go too long. Of course, it has to transition into a feud. It has to transition into him coming back into the ring. But ultimately... they've got me. I want to see what they're going to do. And I'm all for Luke Harper being involved if he's not going to do anything else. I don't know know if he's a heel or a face. You have to assume a heel, but who he comes and takes on, I don't know. We'll see. I like them. I like them a lot, but please do let me know in the chat what you're thinking about. Shout out to Mr. Michael Law 2011. Uh, Do you know of BC Amplified? I don't, my friend. Um, I can, do I Google this? I'll Google this because you were nice and you put money in the super chat. And again, I like to give back. BC Amplified is... Uh, an entertainer from New York. No, I, I can't say I can't say I do know of him, but I, that's all I've got. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else on SmackDown. We should, the triple threat match was good. Uh, the WWE triple threat, triple threat match was awesome. I think maybe WWE gave away too many world championship matches this week, uh, but I get why they were doing it. They needed a response to the ratings. And I got lambasted for this too, but I always think credit where credit is due. They could have just ignored it, you know, even with sort of, negative vibes from from the networks but they didn't and they did address it and it seems like they're addressing it in other areas as well they're going to put up less youtube content don't know what they're going to do on twitter and social media but we'll find out but you know ultimately they are addressing it and i know they tried to address it in december and they failed but if i'm ever going to get to a point where i just decide that they're going to give up well i'll give up too and i don't i don't want to do that but we're going to know more uh, as the weeks go on but yeah look, i mean who didn't want to see aj styles versus kofi kingston versus Sami Zayn? i thought it was a great match i never truly believed that kingston was going to lose and that's probably something wwe needs to sort out as well i need to be able to buy into the idea that anybody could win the championship if they're put into that position and i kind of knew before it began that Sami Zayn would take the pin because i understand the wwe hierarchical system something else that needs to be thrown out the window that ties into drew mcintyre versus roman reigns from raw if only one of them had won clean i would have been oh i'd be so happy i would have been so happy because that would have been a real flag in the sand moment we've gone we're not going to do what we used to do and i would have preferred it if drew mcintyre wins just because i think there's a more interesting story there with roman but whatever have roman win just have one person win as long as the next week it's addressed and you use it to benefit the person that lost but we didn't do that and it's the same with, I know Kofi Kingston was a definitive winner, but I just knew he'd pin Sami Zayn. But I think the thing with Sami Zayn was we had three blue thunderbombs. I think we could have had one, especially because that first one did get that near pinfall. Everyone, ah, oh! and some people actually thought that Sami was going to win. Uh, the problem with the Zayn character this week has just been annihilated. I don't understand why he was thrown in the bin by Braun Strowman. I thought that may have been a way to write him off TV for a while. At first, I thought because of the Saudi Arabia show, because he's not allowed to go because we live in a stupid world. But that can't be the case because we're a month away. I think it's a month today or at least four weeks. But then to just turn up on SmackDown and then make jokes that he smells like a sock. I am a child. The way that AJ Styles delivered that was actually quite good, although it was petty and immature. So... I don't know what we're doing with that. Maybe they got quarter ratings back and realized Sami Zayn coming out for 15 minutes and crapping over the fans wasn't the best way to do it. And it would have been, but you just need someone to come out and be the voice of the fans. That's what a good heel does. It winds the fans up and then a face comes out, represents the audience and whoops somebody's ass. We didn't get that. Uh, I in Super Chat, hand on the heart as always. I used to enjoy the ex-champ chasing the belt. WWE seems to abandon this concept more of the short attention span theater, I suppose. It is. And I actually think we've got to the point now where we can't rely on short attention spans anymore. We need to go back to the old school stuff. We need to go back to, you know, planting those seeds. I always talk about planting seeds. I mean, what was, you know, some of the best stuff we've had. I want to say the, the best is a bit much. But the, I, mean, I think it's fair. The Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan stuff basically took three months to, to unravel. And it was overbooked here and there. But I still think the reception that he got at WrestleMania when he won proves that WWE had given time, uh, given people time to, to invest into what Kingston was doing. And why that's not enough proof to then continue, I don't know. Especially when it comes to your title programs. If we're going to watch WWE as a sport, we have to have something on top that acts as the main prize. And they are world championships, intercontinental championships, US championships. I mean, the US championship wasn't so bad. At least we saw Samoa Joe. I understand that Finn Balor was in Ireland having a holiday. That's cool. 
but there is just not a bigger emphasis on these championships in general. So we really need to go back to, to you know, to the basics with that too. Like we, we, we really, really do. We need to, we need to get to the point where it feels important to win the championship. And if they're going to put it on the line, you care. Much like New Japan does it. I don't like comparing stuff to New Japan because I understand everybody does that. But I know when Okada defends his IWGP championship, as he's doing against Chris Jericho on June the 9th at Dominion, I assume Okada's going to win, but there's a little part of my stomach like, well, what if he doesn't? And I can't tell you why it's there, but I think it's because they've always treated their titles with the utmost respect, whereas WWE hasn't. So that's a major part of it. I think that would help loads if people could invest in those. All we need to do is get people to invest. And it's not that easy, all we need to do. But a great way to do that is say, hey, look at this shiny thing. This shiny thing is really important. And this dude wants it. And he wants it because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, Vicky Brand in the super chat. Horrible feeling. They're saving Bray for Greatest Royal Rumble number 28. And he gets thrown out in a second if there is a Greatest Royal Rumble again. Good point. Is there? I don't know. I don't, it's, a great, it's a great question, Vicky. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know what the plan for the Saudi Arabia show is other than Goldberg, Undertaker, and some other people are going to be on it. Um, it kind of sucks in a way because they will put Goldberg on Raw at some point. That will do good for ratings. But I think that, and I'm a big fan of nostalgia and old guys, as I'm sure lots of people know that listen regularly. But right now, we don't need to do that. I mean, that's kind of what's come back to, again, smash up WWE. There was a time in what, like 2010 or around that era, maybe mid to late 2000s into the teens, where so many of the guys we're trying to push now got beaten by legends that they don't really feel the same as they once did. And it probably started back then. I don't think this is even the response to things that have happened over the last you know, couple of years, but probably the last five, six, seven, eight years. And John Cena going has removed the Band-Aid and shown just how bad the wound is. Because, uh, you know, say what you want about John Cena, but he was a star. He shifted merchandise. He, when he was on a house show, numbers went up. Same with the Raw ratings. Roman Reigns clearly helps. The Raw rating was back up to 2.2 this week. It was 2.1 last week, and the biggest one was in the first hour. We, we need more of that. It, 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 it's as simple as that. And I think I'm glad that this week's worth of TV is done. Raw was a train wreck, but it wasn't. I think this is my thing, and I'll say this quietly because I like you people. You're all right. While it was a train wreck, at least it was more entertaining than the show beforehand when nothing else happened. At least it was crazy. I'd rather crazy than boring, but I'm not allowed to say that. People get mad. But I think next week really has to be a, a coming of age for WWE. Plant those stories, push those stars, come up with some new things, change the format of the show. Doesn't always need to be people chatting at the start. And I don't like talking like this because who am I to say these things? I mean, WWE is a company that's been going for ages, but these are just my thoughts. These are just my thoughts to try and, uh, uh, to try and underline it. I don't think anything else much has happened uh, this week. Obviously, we're coming up to double or nothing, which should be exciting. Oh, that didn't work at all. I was trying to open a wrestling news site to make sure nothing had gone down. Uh, I'm quite excited about it. I think it's going to be good. Loved everything that Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho did. Uh, other news just to read out as I'm reading it here. Alexa Bliss and Buddy Murphy split up. I didn't even know they were a thing. I try and I don't really see all that personal stuff. Well, that sucks. I hope they're both okay. Uh, all the stuff of Leo Rush we've talked about on past episodes. And I think that's really... Uh, that that's really it. Yeah, it's just the viewership and stuff like that. One thing I do want to talk about before we transition into the questions, or well, before I do that, shout out to Sean. I always get your last name wrong, man. Sean Gearhorn. Hope that's right. Uh, you hate me. You can hate me. It's fine. Who says, hey, Simon, do you think this wildcard thing will lead to a stable, like Undisputed Era, just running over brands, i.e. DX back in the day? Well, I'll say this, Sean. That is exactly the kind of thing that we should be doing because then you're going to get fans on side of it. If the Undisputed Era turn up in six weeks, and they are part of the one or the three or however they count as a stable. Again, I'm fine. Just introduce the rule and stick to it. And they smash up everybody on Raw and SmackDown. Everybody will love this rule because instantly they're going to feel like big deals. And that's the other thing we need to do when we start calling people up. Put them in positions where they just feel awesome. And I understand we've done that with Lars Sullivan. And I would say it's more of a personal thing to me. I'm just bored of what he's doing. Seeing him beat up Matt Hardy and R-Truth backstage... It doesn't do anything to me, especially because eventually they have a handicap match and Lars Sullivan will win. I've seen it all before. But the Undisputed Era, I don't think, would do things like that. So, yes, Sean, I think it's a great idea. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Do I think it should happen? Yes. And I think it would justify everything that we're doing here. Uh, right, yes. So before I do segue into a question, and again, anytime I see a super chat, I'll make sure I bring it up. Uh, it was my pro wrestling comeback match, as I said at the start, over the weekend. We're going to do a vlog on it, but I thought it was only fair to reference it here too. Again, you can check it out on Defiant Wrestling. Any feedback would be great. But for me personally, 
I wanted to, because it's guys like you that have been in touch with me the whole way. I've been giving many updates on here. It was eight months all in all, maybe even more. In fact, when I stepped back in the ring, uh, August, September, October, November, December, January, hang on, what? I've lost it. <laughs> August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. It was actually 10 months. Uh, so nine months, which is, so I was ready to go, but there wasn't an opportunity. So, it, you know, I, I understand I've still got a long way to go. I'm still green as grass. I'm still, I need the experience. And that's all cool. That's part of the journey. That's the fun part. But thank you for everyone that said nice things. Uh, again, you can check out my finisher on there. The ups and downs, of course, I called it that. And, you know, without wanting to, to, to break the fourth wall too much. And I won't say specific names. I want to thank everybody to who helped me that night. It meant the world to me. Uh, but it's great to be back. I'm going to have a load of bookings now. Well, I'm, just, I'm trying to. Uh, I've got a match in Bournemouth on May 24th at uh, Highcliffe. You can check out my Twitter to find out more about that. You can come to that. And hopefully soon I'm going to be able to announce some stuff in Essex and Scotland and maybe even some stuff in America too. I will leave it and tease it with that. But yes, uh, you know, failing any unexpected problems in the future... Uh, I'm not going anywhere on YouTube. The the schedule and my what culture stuff and this is still going to continue. I'm just going to add pro wrestling into that because I'd like to see what I can do with it. No idea where it's going to go, but I'm looking forward to the journey of the ride. So yes, thank you to everybody who stayed in touch, who said nice things, who believed in me. That's a massive thing too. It's inspirational and it's motivational and we'll just see how it goes. Any feedback on my match, preferably constructive feedback. The guy that keeps tweeting me going, Millie, you're shit at wrestling. Yeah, that's fine. Doesn't really help me though. And again, I know I've got a long way to go. So uh, uh super chat jeffrey pridemore just a thought but maybe punishment booking some of your most talented stars is bad for business but what do i know jeffrey you are 100 percent correct in fact let's talk about that before we do transition into questions another thing that wwe needs to stop is that do we talk about this maybe but if the revival wants to leave and they have some backstage heat on them keep it backstage if you want to keep stop putting them on tv if you want to have them come out and lose every week to get other teams over that you want to push i'm completely cool with that it's none of my business but when you take a segment and you drive it into the floor which I, we did talk about this which affects the usos and the fans it's not be <laughs> hilariously wwe be positive take what you do have take what you know is going to be around for the long term take the people you trust that sounds weird, but I guess you don't trust Dash and Dawson because they said they wanted to go, which is fine from their point of view too. It's not like they've been booked very well, but build around them and push them and put them in in good angles. I don't think anybody particularly enjoyed seeing Dash and Dawson with Usi hot all over them. Uh, again, if you did, that's fine. I want to point that out. Some people said they found it funny, much like they found the Christian Chris Jericho ass cream stuff funny back in the day. And you're right. I think the problem then is that those skits were happening on a show that had a lot of good on them, whereas on this show it happened where there was just a lot of bad. But you are allowed to do stuff like that if there's an audience for it. I just don't think now is the right time. I think right now when you do have everything working against you, you need to put your best foot forward, and that wasn't that. And yeah, so use the talent that want to stay, that are on board. And if you want the revival to stay, why not put them in amazing scenarios where they'll, they'll think that it's worth hanging around. And the tag team division on both Raw and SmackDown could use a spruce up. I thought we were going to do it uh, after December when Vince McMahon talked about it, did a Y video on it. But there's still time. You know, it's still time. We shall see. Uh, let's answer some questions, as we always do here on Simon Miller's A Pro Wrestling Podcast. I should have gotten them open, really, and I haven't. <laughs> it's all right. There they are. There they are. Click that button and they will magically appear. Oh, they vanished. That was the other thing. Thanks, Facebook. Cameron Sykes. When WWE gives off the wild card rule, what would be their next bad idea to try and boost wrestlings? Well, this is a, that's another great point. Boy Who Cried Wolf is, is well in effect now. You know, in December, we were told we were authority. As Roman Reigns pointed out on Raw, that absolutely died. We cannot bury this wild card rule. If we get six months down the line and it sucks, then you can. But at least establish it for the time being and see how it works out. It could be the best thing ever. I'm not saying it will be, but we don't know. It could become the thing that we need to actually get us excited about it again. The key for me, and I've said this on loads of videos, is trying new things and sticking to it. We're trying a new thing here. Let's stick to it and let's see where it works out. That's all we need to do. I'm happy with that. I don't mind WWE risking things. It's fine. Uh, Christian Brown. Uh, spoilers, you Schmeril. I don't know what that's about. Okay. 
Okay, thanks. Oh, you're plugging my podcast. Why was Simon Miller? Yeah, that was weird. I did say spoilers for the Avengers Endgame review, but hey-ho. Uh, one, do you think Ring of Honor is in as much trouble as some of the wrestling fan base do? I don't think they're necessarily in trouble, but they do seem to have less awareness and less chatter about them recently, and I don't 100% know why. So that is something they probably need to change. Yes. Two, why, Slaphead? Are you not copying Jericho and having your band's music as your entrance theme? Congrats on the comeback. Well, my friend, my band's... It is my band. We wrote that. <laughs> Simon Miller's pro wrestling music is done by MG and the Juggernaut, should you so wish. A good, uh, my bassist, good friend, Rich Weber, put that all together. And uh, that's the best thing uh, about my, uh, about everything I did with wrestling. My gear and attire was made by my mate Jordan Travers. He designed it for me. And my music was written by my band. It's a very personal journey, as cheesy as that may be. Um, but it's, uh, it, it, yeah, that is my band. <laughs> that is my band. I was going to say something else about that, and it's just it's gone out of my head entirely. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Bradley Edison, as someone who is losing faith in WWE at the moment, are you able to create a compelling argument for me to stay invested? I mainly listen to podcasts to keep up to date and watch the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, but even the pay-per-views are becoming a seven-hour chore. I actually enjoy the podcast more than the show at the moment. The chaotic, ever-changing stories are confusing at best and repetitive with the side order of Bobby Lashley team with Baron Corbin. That is awful. So why slaps head? I stay. I love the slaps head thing. It makes me happy. Also, I introduced that move. You should go go check out the Defiant Wrestling video of my thing called Simon Miller hits his ups and down finisher in his comeback match just to see my version of the people's elbow, which I did because it made me laugh and I'm an idiot. Uh, dude, you shouldn't have to watch wrestling. It's their job to keep you entertained. One of the reasons I like the fact that I get to do the podcast ups and downs on the video and all the internet content is because I know that's a it almost exists within its own bubble. So many people continue to watch wrestling or get back into wrestling because they like stuff like this. They like having the conversation. So if you want to stop watching and just keep up to date with YouTube videos or reading results or coming to places like here, do it, man. Absolutely do it. You should enjoy wrestling in the way that you want to enjoy wrestling. And that doesn't necessarily have to be you watching the show. It really doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. That's not... That That's not... It's not as important as it once was, which maybe is another reason WWE struggles. But I know when I first got back into wrestling, it was stuff like this. One of the reasons I wanted to do it and reading about the, the fascinating world of wrestling that kept me hook. hooked. And when the product was on fire, I made sure that I would watch it. And again, before I was doing this, sometimes when I was a bit bored, I didn't watch it, but I'd always managed to keep up to date. So you're under no obligation, man. And don't ever feel like you are. I'm not saying that you do feel that way. But no one should have to get... There is no compelling argument to stay. You think it sucks and therefore it sucks. That's the long and the short of it. Sean Daniels, my man. There seems to be no easy fix if it's down to outside pressure from Fox. Them demanding stars to be on SmackDown will no doubt have a negative effect on Raw. It is worrying because we see great potential NXT talent wasted like who did EC3 piss off. Uh, I'm not overly fond of seeing the same stars on both shows as overexposure can get boring. Also true, which is glad I was glad that Roman Reigns wasn't on SmackDown. Thought it was very clever. Raw certainly needs a new superstar to help carry the ratings, but who has that potential? And also, how do WWE work that if Fox want all the best stars on SmackDown? Also, congrats on your return to wrestling. Thank you, man. I, I really look, the thing is, it's hard to talk about overexposure when you look at the time wrestling was at its hottest and everybody was on both shows. Now, I understand it's a different time. You had The Rock, Steve Austin, the Attitude Era was booming. But I, I don't think we should get distracted with things that didn't have to be a problem. All we need to do is write good stories. And it's not that easy. I hate saying all we need to do. It's not that easy. Otherwise, we'd all be doing it. But again, if, the, if this Daniel Bryan tag team thing turns into this incredible narrative where you're desperate to see what happens, you'll want him on both shows. You'll want him on Raw and SmackDown because you'll just want more and more. And yeah, you'll get through the story faster, but then maybe during that, they can cross over with somebody else. You go, oh, I like that one too. And then we're off to the races. Ultimately, though, they don't have any stars. Do they? Is Roman Reigns a, a star in the same way that John Cena or The Rock or Steve Austin was a star? I don't think he is. It's not his problem. It's not his fault. It's because WWE pushes the brand more than they push individuals. And that has worked. Like the WrestleMania sells out every year, mostly even before they have a card, because people want to be part of WrestleMania. And it gets bigger and bigger every year, and that's not going to change. WWE got two massive TV deals because of the brand. So it has worked for them, but there's a, there's a shelf life for everything. And you, I would argue the shelf life, we're at the end. We're at the end. We're over. So now it's time to go back to what worked before. Wrestling is cyclical. We tried the brand thing. We're at the end. Let's go back to the point where the focus is. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan. Find someone else. Give somebody else a shot at it. You never know. 
You could bring Adam Cole up and he could change the wrestling business. I bet there was a time when if I'd said Stone Cold Steve Austin was going to do that, everyone would have rolled their eyes. Look what happened. Tristan Dan Whitcomb, hope you're doing good. I am, Tristan. Hope you are too. What do you think of the current state of WWE considering the insane booking of this week's Raw and SmackDown? What do they do going forward? Love the pod. The Avengers podcast was awesome. Thank you, Tristan. I appreciate it. I think we kind of touched on a lot of that. Just reining everything, the irony, reining everything back in and focusing on what they're good at. That's all we did. And let's not overthink it. Like I say, I know that they're now going to put less YouTube content up and stuff, but that is they're smart, but it's not the ultimate, it's not the ultimate fix. Uh, it's going to be an interesting few months, I tell you. This is it's make or break time, I would say. Not they're going to get out of business, but in terms of stopping this rot. Adam Pearson, does this addition of the wildcard rule completely undermine the plot of the entire brand split? Yes. Uh, Chris Hanna, good afternoon, my friend. What do you think of Lars going unbeaten until WrestleMania 36, winning the WWE Championship at the Rumble, only to be stopped by Brock with a feud till SummerSlam? I'd be all right with that. Again, you're going to put a rocket on somebody's back, do it properly. I'd, I'd only book him against Brock if Brock's going to lose. I don't think the last thing we want to do now is give the belt back to Brock. It's going to piss everybody off, and there's enough hatred as there is anyway. But it's, um, you know. Lars Sullivan is clearly in for a big push, so you may as well push him. There's no point. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like I've just said, give him a go. I don't necessarily think he's got me hooked just as of yet, but that may be more the positions he's being put in as opposed to his his potential. And I don't know what his potential is yet. But yeah, he should have a Brock Lesnar feud, maybe without the title. I'd have him beat Brock Lesnar on his way to becoming the champion. I think that makes much more sense and makes him much more of a threat. Imagine Kofi's still the champ and you know you're about to take on a guy that beat Brock Lesnar. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. I'd love it. Um, where are we going? James Bronfield. As ever, thank you for being one of the few positive voices in pro wrestling. Well, you, I, no worry, James. Uh, with Jimmy Havoc's last match in progress on Monday before he goes to AEW, does his signing give us a clue that their product will not be PG-13? Don't get me wrong, Havoc is a great wrestler, but he is obviously known for death matches. Why sign him if that's not what you are going to use him for? I don't think there's any way that whatever AEW does on television won't be aimed at a mass market audience. Tony Khan and the Khans in general are very smart businessmen. There's no point trying to create a product that cuts off kids. Because if you cut off kids, you've just lost a huge portion of revenue, which is the, the truth. That's what they're doing this for. I think there's more to Jimmy Havoc than people know. I know he likes doing the deathmatch stuff. I could be utterly wrong. I would imagine they have a plan. And there's still ways to do death-defying, scary stuff without it being blood and light tubes and thumbtacks. You know, there's, again, there's ways and means. So, I mean, for starters, shout out to Jimmy Havoc. was one of the first guys to give me advice when I had my debut, uh, or, you know, during that time. So really, really good dude. Has earned and deserves this opportunity. And I imagine he'll smash it no matter what the idea is. And I'm excited to see him. Just, uh, there's so many good dudes on the... Uh, on the on the on the British scene. Uh, just again to say, again, I'll definitely answer your question if you put it in the super chat. Just to let people know, asking why aren't you asking my question? I will get there eventually. Um, but uh, yeah, so Casey Link just said, losing respect for you, Simon, as this clickbait titles are embarrassing. It's not a clickbait title, Casey. You need to remember what clickbait is. I did tell you what the truth behind WWE's wildcard rule was at the start of the show. People like you can get lost. I don't need you to talk like that, but that's negative nonsense, man. Like. And I'll call you out for it. I will. You made me go red. I'm so mad. I've had enough of that in the last 24 hours. If you don't like it, just leave, bro. It's as simple as that. You don't have to comment on it. Oh, you made me go red. You son of a bitch. Um, where am I going? Ryan Howard. Hey, mate. Have you watched a WCW World War Three pay-per-view? If so, what are your thoughts on the match format? Keep up the great work. Well, I haven't for a very long time. I would have watched at least one WCW pay-per-view like that live. What was World War III? I'd have to, they had so many concepts. I'd have to look it up. Was that the one where there was like 42 people in the ring? And you had to... You had to right, here we go. Where is it? Are you going to tell me what it is? The rules. Here are the rules for the World War III match, which are similar to rules for a traditional battle royal. All 60, me 60 men are randomly assigned a specific ring <laughs> before the match. The match begins with all 60 men in three rings when the bell rings. Each ring is assigned a number. Blah, blah, blah. In order to be eliminated from the match, a wrestler has to be thrown over the top rope and have both feet touch the floor. Um, when 10 men remain in ring one or ring three, they move to ring two and the match continues. The last man standing in the ring was declared the winner. That to me just sounds like the, you know, <sighs> you want to do a Royal Rumble and you know the Royal Rumble is successful, but you don't want to copy WWE 
directly because it will be obvious. So you just convolute the matter. Much like when TNA came out with that pay-per-view where it was a battle royal, but you had to get in the ring as opposed to be being chucked out of the ring. I think it would be much better just to do your own Royal Rumble. Don't, I think I imagine, I remember watching them and thinking they were funny, but in no way is that going to be a concept that works long term. It's too complicated. Everything in the best things in wrestling are the simple things. That's why everyone loves the Royal Rumble. 30 men enter. You all try and chuck each other at the top rope. The winner goes to WrestleMania to have a world title shot. Brilliant. I explained that in what? 20 words? When I have to go, there's three rings and there's 60 men and there's 20 men in each ring and you have to eliminate them. But when it gets down to 10, you move into ring two. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Keep it simple. But they are fun. There was a lot of WCW that was fun. And then WCW went really bad. Uh, Eric DeMarber. DeMarbury. Hope they got that right. Congrats on your return to the ring. And thank you for raising awareness of men's body issues. You look great, mate. How did you feel? Eric, that's very kind. What a very kind thing to put out there. I mean, cheap plug for my own vlogs. Uh, we did do one about my new ring gear, which was just shorts. And yeah, the reason I wore a singlet before is because I do have body hangups. I absolutely do. I, um, I I can't explain it, but I just do don't like... Well, for, again, until recently, I didn't I got over this. I didn't even like wearing a vest. Don't know why. Probably ties into my childhood. We've talked about this elsewhere. I got bullied. And I decided that, you know, the comeback is the best time to take a risk. Encouraged by my fe fellow professional wrestlers, of course. And uh, we did. I felt very awkward. Not going to lie. Uh, as I've seen on my match back, I am holding my shoulders a little bit instead of, you know, standing there loud and proud as you're meant to as a pro wrestler. But all these things are a work in progress. And I'm not ashamed at all by the fact that I have body issues. In fact, I'm, I say I'm proud of them, but I'm not ashamed. You know, I have things I need to get over. And the only way to do that is to talk about them, to uh, have conversations that prove that it's not a negative thing. And it's all right to, to say, you know, to have it. It's all right for me to say to a, you know, a, a YouTube video, hey man, I don't like taking my top off. It makes me feel awkward. I'm cool with that. But thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. It felt awful. But I'll get better at it. I'll get better at it. I, 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 I will do my best. But thank you, man. That means a lot to me. It really does. Frequently fly in the super chat. You get a hand on the heart. You probably answered this before. But other than Repo Man, <laughs> what's your second favorite job-based gimmick in wrestling? Frequently fly. That's one of the best questions we've ever had. I love that. Um, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy was good. Because I always enjoyed the fact that this dude was a garbage man. And yet, on his off days, he came and he was a wrestler. And was I meant to hate him because he was a garbage man? And of course, that ties into IRS as well. IRS did our taxes, but we booed him because he made us pay our taxes, which is a legal law. Uh, it's just wonderful. Boo! You're making us do things that we're meant to do. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the best. So I think they'd be my three favorites, although there will be others. But they're the ones that always come to mind. So Repo Man 1, I put IRS 2, and Duke the Dumpster Dozy 3. That's one of my favorite questions we've had on the show. Thank you very much. Um, Matho in the super chat. What are your thoughts on the Sasha Banks situation? Well, I'm going to guess that her contract has been frozen. And unless she can sort something out, we're not going to see her for a very long time. And that sucks. Sasha Banks was good. Um, but I guess, look, if you're not happy, the best thing you can do is put yourself in a position where you are going to be happy, no matter what anybody else thinks. I hope they can come to some kind of agreement and she can come back or she can get released or whatever. But yeah, I mean, that's the it's that classic thing in politics where something worse happens and that kind of blows over something else. You kind of, while you would rather the worst thing didn't happen, at least it took out that. That's Sasha Banks. All this stuff with low ratings and wild cards and WWE Raw sucked mean everybody forgot about Sasha Banks. Whether that's good or bad, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's keep it rolling. Uh, Michael Rigney. Hey, Simon. I hope you're having a great day. You too, Michael. I'm interested to know what you think of the pairing of Paige with Oscar and Kari Zane. It doesn't feel like a good fit to me, but maybe it will lead to a bigger story with Paige turning on them to rejoin Manda and Sonya. I agree with you, man. I thought that on SmackDown. They don't. It's Paige. I like Kyrie and Oscar as a tag team, as long as we start pushing that division properly, which we're not doing. But seeing Paige... Maybe not necessarily with Kyrie Sane, because if you're a casual fan, you don't watch NXT, the, the association will help. But Oscar, who has been smashing the women's division for two years, has been a multi-time world champion. Why does she need Paige? That's what I keep thinking. I'm being a bit of a nerd here, but I think you're right. However, I do believe if they win the championships and are allowed to go, I think Kyrie Sane and Oscar will be so good we won't even care. But you are right. Very weird. Very, very weird pairing all in all when you think about it. Um, where are we going? Nick Palmer, would you be so down on Monday's Raw if it was a storyline? Vince is losing control and Trips is taken over. Also, grats on your wrestling return. Thank you, Nick. No, dude, and that's the thing. I always get flamed when I say, let's see what's going to happen. But if that did happen, everybody would love it. 
Vince McMahon was playing senile old man. I agree. Thank you too, my friend. Neil S. Bolt. While this wildcard thing is a decent way to try and drum up fresh interest in Raw and SmackDown, do you think it will impact WWE live events scheduled around TV time? The appeal to going to those house shows diminishes when you might not see the top stars at all because they're on Raw or SmackDown. Fantastic to see you back in the ring, Simon. Thank you, guys. You have no idea how much this means to me. You really, really, really don't. I try and be transparent and honest, hence why I flicked that other guy out of here because... I'm just having fun. I'm just, you've got to play the YouTube game. It's a YouTube title. And also, it wasn't clickbait is when you don't... And I'm not talking about it. But um, no, I appreciate it. And you're right, dude. But I think that WWE has resigned themselves to the fact that live shows and house shows are basically dead for the time being. They don't need the money from them. People aren't just going to events. But do you know how you get people to go back to events? You make a good TV show. The TV show's hot. The live show's hot. So you, again, you've got to get rid of everything else that's not important. And you've got to focus on what is important, which is the TV rating and the TV show being interesting. So let's just do that. Uh, Matho in the super chat, who do you think wins women's money in the bank and why? Dude, it's so hard. We, we, we were thinking about this last week. Let me get the competitors up again because it's not like WWE wanted to tell me this week. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, that worked. It's fine. I missed out the one, but we still got there. So in the women's money in the bank, we have, where's my list? Natalia, Dana Brooke, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Bailey, Mandy Ruse, Ember Moon, excuse me, Ember Moon and Carmella. Oof. The problem is none of them are really of any importance right now. And that's not their fault. There's 10 matches on Money in the Bank. Flipping Nora. I think it's got to be a heel because of Becky Lynch. Probably Alexa Bliss. I know that's kind of dull, but yeah. I, I, if someone put a gun to my head, I'd say Alexa Bliss. I wouldn't say it's the most exciting thing in the world. I can't see anybody else winning it. I really can't. Uh, David Ayers, your return gets a golden up. My question, my, thank you, man. My question is, how long will Kofi hold the belt? Well, right now, it seems like a long time. He's being booked quite strong as opposed to, you know, back in the, a few weeks ago where he felt like he was going to be the, the underling to Roman Reigns. Right now, he's, yeah, you know, he beat Sami Zayn he, and AJ Styles, technically. He beat um, Daniel Bryan. I'd say he loses it at SummerSlam. I'll be wrong now and he'll lose it at Money in the Bank. I will go SummerSlam and I think that will be a lovely, lovely rain and I'll be happy. Uh, Mark Roy Day, why are us fans so obsessed with ratings in your opinion? Um, it's weird. Yeah, you're right because you don't have to care about the ratings at all. They make no difference to you whatsoever. I think it's just interesting. Again, I think wrestling is one of those weird things where it's nice to know about the business end and it's nice to know about what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know why. It's like why we like stories. Hence why I clicked a wrestling news site and the top story was Alexa Bliss and uh, Buddy Murphy break up. And I will say it probably at the moment justifies your decision to stop watching. If you think the show is crap, but you're worried it's just you, and then you see the network number going or the rating number going down, there's probably going to be something in you where you go, well, I guess that's just one of those things that is happening. So yeah, it is an interesting one. I swear there was a time we didn't care as much as we did, but it is interesting, isn't it? I'm the same. Uh, Pi Marek, do you think WWE is slowly going straight to its death if nothing changes during the next month? No, I, I don't. Simply because they've got so much money guaranteed till 2024. All they need to do is start making changes to ensure that come 2024, they're not in the same position. And I think they're going to do that. I don't want any company to die. I don't want any more WCWs. If anything, I want AEW to rise up and be so good that WWE's backs against the wall like it once was, not from a financial point of view, but from a creative point of view, that they start smashing it again. And I want to be there thinking, oh, who do I watch, AEW or Raw or SmackDown? I want loads of good wrestling content. I want progress to be good. I want Defiant to be good. I want ICW to be good. I want anything, anything that has professional wrestling above the marquee. I want to be awesome. And I don't agree, and I will never agree with these negative thoughts that some people have. Somebody was asking for someone to lose their job the other day. Who was it? No, Alicia Fox. Somebody was saying, oh, she's crap. She should lose her job. Not into that, man. And I never will be. Right. Smackdown ups and downs starts in two minutes over on What Culture Wrestling. So as soon as we're done here, I'll be there live in the chat. Please do jump over. Hopefully it won't be as crazy as it was yesterday. And hopefully the new final up or final down will make things a lot happier all round. Please do subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're on here right now and you haven't. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, my patron is patreon.com forward to Simon316. Again, you can get personal messages, personal postcards, come appear on the podcast, uh, get weekly Q&As, T-shirts. There's loads of stuff on there. Check it out or you can just throw a dollar into the mix and I promise you everything goes back into these uh, live streams, these feeds, this content. What else do I need to pimp? I don't even know. YouTube.com. If you're not on the YouTube channel right now, search for Simon Miller or go to YouTube.com forward slash the middle report rules. And otherwise, just have great times. Enjoy wrestling. 
Uh, we'll be back at uh, some point this week with another episode with a Patreon member, as we want to do. Oh, I've got merchandise too. That's it. SimonMiller.BigCartel.com. You want to buy a t-shirt with my face in it. Not really my face. Sort of like Miller-esque images. That would be great. It's a great way to support as well. I appreciate it. But moreover, please do keep tuning into all my live streams. I love looking down that number and seeing a healthy number. It makes me happy. Again, ups and downs starts pretty much in 60 seconds. I'm going to go and do that. And I'll chat to you again soon. Love you all. The starting image is going to come up because I'm a moron. Anyway, look, love you. Thanks very much. Talk to you later. Oh,